you go. The John Curley, Sherry Ellicott star. Uh, sorry, Sherry. I don't know. I can't I'm sorry. I can't remember who you're starring. I can't remember who you're, you're starring with. Well, there's a but there's probably the, Chris keeps giving us way too many options. That's true. Is everything okay? What? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want uh, Bernadette Peters? Mm-mm, no. Um, no. Uh, Ray Don Chong. Um, Ray Don Chong. These people are alive. <laughs> Ch- Charles so Durning. Charles Durning. Charles Durning. Dive again. Charles Durning, uh, he was in Tootsie, which I saw eight times. All right. <clears throat> Maybe at some point I'll tell the story of how I learned how to imitate uh, Dustin Hoffman doing Tootsie and then my father forcing me to do an imitation of Tootsie while having dinner at the Russian Tea Room. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. All right. <clears throat> Got it on the calendar. Put it down. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the guy, the um, story yesterday, I think it was yesterday that broke. Remember the shooting that took place uh, three years ago out at McDonald's there near Westlake? Um, it was a gang-related or something. There, I don't know how many shots were fired altogether. And um, they catch the two guys that were responsible for the uh, the shooting. Uh, they'd taken off, and they found a thing down in Las Vegas. Well, um one of them was found not guilty because it was self-defense. Apparently, the guy he was shooting at was starting to pull out his gun. So the guy that shot at him on the streets of Seattle, I can't remember how many people hit, how many rounds. I know there was a nine-year-old boy that was injured. There was a woman who was homeless that eventually succumbed to her injuries. Um, and just, you know, another day in Seattle on the streets. So Como talks about reporting on the release of one of the accused. This guy is accused, I think, of... Is it murder one? Yeah, he's uh, he's charged with first-degree murder and six counts of first-degree assault. This, of course, goes back to the gunfight that happened three years ago outside of a McDonald's on 3rd and Pine. Okay, so here we go. It's been more than three years since a slew of gunshots were fired into a busy downtown intersection full of people during rush hour, forever changing lives. Ultimately, killing one woman and injuring several others, including a nine-year-old child and a woman with developmental disabilities. You know, when they heard the shots, everybody was running, chaos. But the effects of that shooting are still felt among the victims, their families, and those who work in the area, like Casey Hogan, who was working downtown that day. At that point, you know, I didn't know if it was a firecracker or what, and then you realize when people are all scattering, there's a gun. Now, one of the accused shooters, William Tolliver, is set to be released to his grandmother's home while he awaits trial. And you have somebody who has a history of not following court orders, has a half dozen domestic violence convictions, regardless of who the defendant is, that's a concern. Prosecutors argued strongly against Tolliver's release, especially since he was on Department of Corrections supervision at the time of the shooting, and he's been known to run before. He and Marquise Tolbert were arrested in Las Vegas after the shooting in 2020. That's a whole lot to take a chance with, and people can redeem themselves, but is, is this the case that you want to take the chance on? But ultimately, they lost that argument, and a judge ordered Tolliver to be released. I just think it's horrible, you know. I wouldn't want him out, especially if it was one of the victims or the victim family. This is really traumatic, not just for the victims who were shot that day and the family of the person who was killed, but everybody who goes downtown. We've heard from people who have been afraid to go downtown since this. 
Okay, so why did cut uh, Judge Donahue let him go, Sherry? There's a couple of reasons. Um, one was the fact that the other guy was acquitted, and his attorneys said, "Look, you know, we're, you're you're looking at a potential." Uh, acquittal with him as well. The other thing is that uh-huh. he's been in jail now, uh, for a few years. They say mm-hmm. that the $500,000 bail or bond that he's supposed to do, his finances will not allow him to be able to pay something like that. And also that he's had a difficult time in because of jail conditions. They haven't been able to do things like meet with him appropriately, you know, get the information to him that they needed. So they made this case that let him go under conditions. He, while he awaits trial, he can stay with his grandmother. He has an electronic monitoring system. Um, he can also be out on an unsecured bond. Uh, which is basically just a piece of paper that says, yes, I'll show up. Uh, they, they gave all kinds of reasons why this was the more appropriate measure, uh, given the new set of facts and also the fact that he's, you know, that, that he's in these, this jail that is not good. I see. So he has been arrested 44 times when I'm seeing in 19 convictions. Well, this is the other thing that they said. The defense motion notes that Tolliver has a limited criminal history and no prior record of violence. He is afraid he will be shot by the police if he were to abscond, and his grandmother shares that legitimate fear. As Mm -hmm. such, both are highly motivated to see that he complies exactly with the terms of his electronic home detention. I wonder why the police would shoot him. But so Judge Donahue... Um, is also the judge that released the downtown hammer murderer. Uh, let him go to spend to live with his family while waiting trial. And then I think that guy went out and hit somebody else with a hammer and killed them. Mm-hmm. The, we elect our judges and uh, often they run unopposed. They get support from the uh, King County Bar Association and um, defense attorneys love to be able to support judges who they feel will be sympathetic to their clients and their cases. So this is what you get. And uh, Judge Donahue lets somebody out. So if this guy behaves himself, obeys his grandmother, uh, and then shows back in court again. Unfortunately for the man who got hit over the head with a hammer and then died at Harborview, he, he wasn't one of the lucky ones, but they let the hammer guy go, and off he goes to cr- commit other crimes. I wonder at what point do the people, the judges ever, do they ever really start to say, meh, maybe I blew it on that one. You can't sue a judge, but... and. We keep electing these same judges, and they keep getting supported by people. Um, like I was reading the letter from the, this is from the King County Bar Association. This is uh, John McKay, president of the King County Bar Association. This is from 2020. I don't know if he still is. But he writes this letter right after uh, George Floyd about how we must change and how the system is systemically racist and how horrifying it is. The murder of George Floyd by the Minneapolis police are horrifying act in itself. Now we're at the top of innumerable racist killings in the country. I didn't know it was a racist killing. Um, uh, founded killing in the country, founded on human slavery. This is the country was founded on human slavery, lynching Jim Crow laws, and incarceration of black men at overwhelming numbers. 
This is a letter that was written right after the George Floyd killing. This is from the president of the King County Bar Association. Just some idea of the people, sort of their view of their job and their role in the judicial system and what they're supposed to do. We examine um, and we want to change the judicial system, which lawyers and criminal prosecutors disproportionately uh, criminal prosecute criminals uh, lawyers criminally prosecute disproportionate more blacks than whites. And then he goes on to talk about how we should support Black Lives Matter um, and change the systemic racism that exists. So he talks about his own white privilege. Um, so it's basically you've heard this sort of stuff before. We can begin by humbly recognizing the role in our failing to recognize that Black Lives Matter. We can educate ourselves and our own bias and our role to racial equity. That's uh, your president from 2020, the president of the King County Bar Association, which I'm sure is a, what I've seen is a supporter of uh, uh, Judge Donahue. Well, the King so, County, yeah, mm-hmm. se- Senior Deputy Prosecutor Jennifer Peterson objected yeah. to this uh, uh, before Judge Donahue. And um, there was also an objection from the prosecuting attorney's office who said this. We believe someone charged with murder in the first degree and six counts of assault in the first degree against innocent bystanders Sanders should reasonably be held in jail. Mr. Tolliver also has a history of unlawful gun possession in violation of court orders, which mm-hmm. King County prosecutors emphasized in court. I believe he was already under some kind of supervision when he committed this crime, if he committed it, allegedly committed this crime. So, and he did flee the state. He, they found him in Las Vegas. Hmm. <laughs> I understand that you shouldn't have to buy your freedom. $50,000 bail come up with 10%. So some people go to a bail bondsman and put up a car or a house or borrow money from a friend or something to put the money up. I get that because you don't want to sit in jail while you're waiting for your trial. I understand that. That's difficult, especially if you spend three years in jail and then after they have their trial, they find out you're not guilty. Well, you spent three years in prison or three years in jail. I understand that that seems on the face of it unfair. What is also unfair is when you stand before a judge and the judge looks at your nine convictions and your 44 arrests, um, and the other problems that you have, you have to say, okay, is the society safer with you behind bars than you walking around? Uh, by the way, this the same judge that let this guy go is the guy left the hammer. Surveillance down. video from a metro bus shows the suspect, Christopher Martin, approach a man who's trying to cut a lock off a bike. The victim walks away, and you see Martin follow. The video then shows the victim hit in the head with a hammer. Court documents say Martin then stole his backpack and was arrested shortly after. This is a terrifying attack. The man attacked, dying from his injuries Friday. Martin could soon have murder added to his criminal history. Prosecutors repeatedly have asked for him to be held in custody because we were fearful of something exactly like this. Fearful because at the time of the now deadly attack, Martin was awaiting trial for a second degree robbery charge from February of 2022. He's accused of robbing someone and threatening to kill them. The public looks at this and says, where did the system break down? And what prosecutors are going to keep doing is arguing that dangerous people be held. Court documents show in May of last year, he was released from jail and sent to a behavioral health facility in Port Angeles for a month. A judge then signed off on Martin's release to live with his sister while continuing treatment. 
something prosecutors argued against. Prosecutors argued against that release because we didn't think it was realistic. We didn't think it was going to happen. And unfortunately, we're in the situation now. After Martin's release, prosecutors say he assaulted a Safeway security guard, but they couldn't charge him because police did not send them the case. That before the latest accused attack, that's now left one man dead. And we're for treatment, but we, that treatment has to work. That treatment has to have follow-up and follow-through that's accountable to the public and the courts. Okay. So Judge John, who lets the hammer guy go, he goes back out and murders somebody. Judge John, who lets this guy go, um, who has a murder one charge, and this man is now going to be staying under the supervision of his grandmother. Um, and uh, we'll see how well it goes. I don't know Good. what I mean. Uh, I believe Judge Donahue was she was appointed um, mm-hmm. to By the King Jay County. Inslee. Yes. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in 2018. Yep. So is no, there any- no election on 2020? She, her term is up in 2025. But again, most of the time. They run unopposed or they run with someone else. She had raised about $45,000. Her opponent raised, I think, like 25000 bucks. He didn't get the endorsements. She gets the endorsements. King County Bar Association, I just read the letter from the president there of 2020 talking about how, you know, racist the whole system is and how we need to do everything to support um, equity, social justice, and Black Lives Matter. And you sort of get some idea of sort of which way they're leading. I get that. You know, you, you've got your... Your idea of how you think the world is, and these are the judges that believe that they're going to right some wrongs that are uh, perpetrated upon individuals because of the whole system is racist and the whole country is based on racism. And so, therefore, you stand before me. If you're a black defendant, I will treat you differently than if you're an Asian or a white defendant because I'm trying to, you know, right the wrongs, tilt the scales back the other way. So you go out and you're charged with murder one. You got a bunch of other charges with you as well, but you'll go and spend time with your grandmother and then you'll come back to my court, right? Because you agreed to come back. But we'll see how it goes. So in most cities that have done this sort of jail bail reform have seen an increase in crime, whether Chicago or New York or Philadelphia, San Francisco, they were able to recall um Recall uh, the prosecutor there. Recall the system doing what they can to try to stop the revolving door. But if you stand before the judge and the judge feels the system is biased, then the judge will, you know, try to correct that bias by being a little bit more lenient and giving you a break. And then we get a chance to experience as to whether that judge was right or wrong on that call as we walk down the street and hope somebody doesn't hit us with a hammer or come out of a McDonald's and start to fire shots randomly into the crowd in the afternoon as people are trying to go home uh, after working in the city of Seattle. So so what you get. This is the system. When you elect judges or you appoint judges, I was talking to a judge in Salt Lake a couple of months ago, and he says, I can't believe you guys in Seattle. I cannot believe that you elect judges. I started to talk to him about it. He gave me some different things to read about, you know, the problem with the coming to elect as opposed to appointing. But that's what you get. Listen, hey, I, you know, everybody's redemption is within the grasp of, of all of us. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe the system works. By the way, it is amazing the guy was found to get to have a charge dismissed his accomplice in this because it was self-defense because the other guy 
in the video, you can see he was reaching for his gun. So, oh, I see. So since you were reaching for your gun and shooting at me out on the street, I can pull out my gun and shoot you. Yes. And the defense, yep. his defense team has also said that because he was acquitted, that has shown that the state's case is far weaker than it looked when the case was first filed against uh, Tolliver. I got it. Good. All right. Interesting. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, I couldn't surprise Rye, Sherry. Oh, no. What? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> Would you give up a seat oh. if you're sitting at the window and somebody says, hey, I'd like to sit next to my wife. Can you possibly give up your seat? Uh, one guy goes absolutely ballistic. Plus, also, why you're su- supposed to stop eating airport food. All airport food or the food on the airplane? All of it. And oh. no, I would not give up my seat. There we are, John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show. Thanks, everybody, for coming along with the ride. Much appreciated. Uh, people are better behaved. I saw the story the other day that uh, less incidents of passengers getting mad at other passengers, less passengers attacking flight attendants, uh, less passengers just going off the rails and better behaved. I chalk it up to the reduced stress and not having to wear the masks on planes and just generally people being a little bit more polite to one another. Except if you happen to be on a plane. Sherry has already told everybody her hot take was she wouldn't switch seats. This is TikToker. Everybody's a TikToker now. Jake Gloss. Were you, were you following Jake Gloss as a TikToker, Sherry? <laughs> I wasn't following him, but I certainly saw his rant. Um, which seems to be completely obnoxious. Another hot take from Sherry. (laughs) Well, you're on fire today. Hang on. I encountered an absolute today on the plane, and I wanted to slap him, but I didn't because I was on a plane, and I had to restrain myself. But hear me out. Tell me if it's justified, if it's not justified. So when I booked the flights, we booked booked here. This is Virgin Business. There's only eight seats on a plane. So... Is somebody trying to secretly do an Australian accent? <laughs> I, 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 I am. I am simply repeating. And you give her a hot take for doing Australian accent. <laughs> hot really, Australian take. Really expanding the definition of hot take every day on the show. <laughs> Getting thinner and thinner. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> We're in the middle of the story. Hold on. Back to this. Hear guy. me out. Tell me if it's justified. Yeah. It's not justified. So when I booked the flights, <laughs> we booked here. This is Virgin yeah. Business. There's only eight seats on a plane. So Zoe was sitting over there on the far left. I don't know where my finger's gone. Far left. And I was sitting here. Yeah. In that seat. <laughs> so this seat and that seat were both taken. But I was like, it's fine because either this guy here next to the aisle, he swaps with me, gets the exact same seat on the opposite side, or this guy gets his window seat on the, opposite, on the other side. Easy, yeah? No matter what, me and Zoe are sitting together. Wrong. We're not sitting together. We walk onto the plane, and this gene is here, and this seat, I politely... I wish these TikTok people would think about us radio people, okay? It's a lot of... This video is huh? almost 90% uh, yeah, pointing, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get some, some, some Vegemite I sandwiches? Think, hey, like, bro, would you mind moving so I can sit uh, with my missus? It's her birthday. And he just <laughs> looks at me and doesn't respond. And I was like, I've got this seat, so it's sort of the same... Um, like, is it possible to switch to here? He just doesn't respond to me. And then he's like, no, I won't. 
but I'll sit here. So he wants to take Zoe's seat and go and sit. Okay, I'm lost. Zoe's okay. on a great... Okay, okay. Okay, so he wanted to sit next to his wife because it was her birthday. Okay. okay it's his sorry. wife. It's not like... It's not like he's not going to see her. And what he was saying was it was an even trade. You know, she was sitting next to the window and he wanted to be able to just switch to sit next to her in that window to window swaparoo. It's known as Sherry. It's it's, WWS. She'd be at the window. okay, And then the stranger was sitting next to her. He's saying I'm sitting across the aisle in the seat next to the window. You'll have the exact same configuration, basically. You'll Mm -hmm. be one seat away from the window, whether you're you know, in this row or that row. Let me swap with you so I can sit next to my wife because it's her birthday. Uh And the guy said no. And that's his prerogative. He he doesn't have to, you know, I I was on a flight one time, and this was really bad. I was coming back from Hawaii, I think, and it was... A really long flight. I don't remember what it was. And I was in the very first row and a woman wanted me to switch seats with her so she could sit next to her son. Mm-hmm. The seat she was sitting next to was a woman holding a baby. And I'm not talking a, an infant. I'm talking a baby that was too big that was probably like pushing three, okay. but was passed off as two. And yeah. I said, no, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sit over there. No, I'm going to stay right here. And the kid went insane as they were starting to do the, the you know, the, the plane mm-hmm. was taxiing and the flight attendants were starting to do that thing. The kid screamed out, stop this plane. Stop this plane. The, because the he three-year-old wanted to disguised as a two-year-old? No, this was the kid that wanted to sit next to his mother and I said <laughs> okay, no. I, 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 I say was going to say, stop this you saw, you saw baby genius. Yeah. <laughs> baby genius, hot take for the baby. And then I knew that, you know, I would be blamed for this kid's meltdown and psychological trauma for the rest of yes. his life. So I said, fine, I'll switch with you. So I had to sit next to this woman with this, this baby in her arms for hours and the poor thing needed her own seat and it was just, and I, it's because I felt the pressure to, to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I have a problem with this because people don't want to book. When would the- you give up your seat, Miss Miss Coldheart? Um, or yeah. steals the night, steals the colors from our site. <laughs> what, if, if, who would you give it up to? I would certainly give it up to an elderly person if okay. if they needed to be next to someone. If uh-huh. it were an even trade, I'd give it up for anybody. If it not was- an el- not an elderly lady dressed as a two year old baby. No. Not a chance. Okay. Not anybody okay. sitting on anybody's lap. No. So if it if it were a um, you know a window seat for a window seat, yeah, I'd do that. Sure. Okay. But if it's All a right. if it's a degraded you know situation for me, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Figure it out. You should have figured that out before you booked your flight, or when you booked mm-hmm. your flight. Well, see, people are paying less for the middle seats. You can pick your seats if you want an aisle seat. You pay a little bit more now in some airlines. So people are getting middle and then maybe asking somebody to switch i get it if you're sitting next to your you know relative it's you know if it's an easy switch do that i was flying to fiji and this woman says excuse me do you mind if i switch seats with you i said no i'm fine guys sitting in the aisle we're flying first class or business on british airways this guy sits down next to me so he switches with his wife so he the wife now that i think about it kicks him out of her row so that she doesn't have to sit next to her own husband. That should have told me something. There's a backstory there. 
something. And he says to me, he says to me at about 15 minutes, even before we take off, guess what I weigh? I, excuse oh. me. What do you think I weigh? I went, uh, um, I don't know, two, 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 ten. <laughs> they always forget the legs, don't they? And with that, he slaps his thighs. Look at my thighs. People always forget to take the thighs into consideration. Yeah, you looked at me and you thought 210. You forgot the thighs. Happens every time. I'm like, oh, my God. This is a 14-hour flight. Oh. I try to go back to whatever I'm doing and... Which I don't have anything to read, so I'm reading the the thing in front. The apocalypse tells you where the exits are, which I'm thinking of using at this point. And then it, he says to me, "I said so." Uh, he goes, "What are you going to Fiji for?" I said, "I doing we're doing a we're doing a story down there." Okay, yeah, I go down there to give a speech. I said, "Oh, okay." You want to hear it? I was like, "Eh, yeah." And he goes, "You got a, you got a sweep handle on that watch of yours?" And I said, uh, yeah, he goes, okay, time me. And with that, he launched into his speech. How many people here are afraid to swim? Show of hands. Not many. Great. What if I told you there's a shark in the water? (laughs) Ha ha, the hands go up. Right, okay. So what is it about sharks when it comes to fear? You start thinking about fear and investments. And then he goes into this, he is a financial advisor and he gave me a 47-minute speech that he would be normally delivering to a crowd of people. He did it just to me, sitting right beside me with his forgotten thighs. <laughs> did you learn anything? I learned never switch seats with a wife that's trying to sit apart from her husband. <laughs> Worth it? Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it's, a, it's a good lesson to learn. You kind of have to know... What the situation you're getting into. I also learned, don't ever underestimate someone's thighs. Sure, you take thighs into consideration when someone has to guess how much they weigh. Like, look at I Nate over that. there. Nate's sitting there at the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. I'm going to guess him to be about 205. Mm-hmm. Nail it. There you are. Bingo! Oh. Yep. All in the thighs. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! David Voth, the guy's name was. Let's take pictures of him. The uh, leading, uh, the guy sat next to him on the plane there. Sure. Oh, that's who that, yeah, you said, I would, I yeah, 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 it's out. David Voth. Okay. David Voth. He's, he's interesting looking in various ways. We yes. don't, we don't get to see his, his thighs, but yeah. He's the guy, don't underestimate the thighs and, um, don't sit next to him on a long trip. All right, um, <laughs> And I, I just walked in. I tried to surprise him with my pumpkin head. It didn't work. Nothing's going right today. <laughs> Maybe I just wish I were taller. Then I could be a psychopath. Sherry's been sending this story every single day. I've never said it. Did I even say Yeah, I think I sent it, but I only sent it once. Every single day. Can we can we do the story about the tall person, the psychopath people? Okay. Um, that didn't happen, but okay. Um, so <laughs> this is, if, you, if you want to say it did, it's all right with me. This is the um, second time. Second time Jacob has been pitching it, and he always seems to have your name attached to it. I I I think it, isn't this the first time we've seen this, Jacob? I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't put it on okay. yesterday, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, hot take. Um, hot take. Okay, so. <laughs> 
This is from the Daily Mail, and they say that people that wish to be uh, taller actually mm-hmm. have these dark triad traits. And the dark triad is psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellism. And the reason is they behave sometimes in these antagonistic ma- behaviors because they want to offset their height disadvantage. So oh. it goes back. It's sort of evolutionary. They figured that, you know, when you are physically formidable and you have a lot of height and a lot of strength in your thighs, because remember, don't forget the thighs. Uh, don't underestimate. Um, yes, yes. Yes. Um, if you don't feel like you are you're physically able to fight people off, then you have to develop skills psychologically to do that. And those are the markings of uh, a psychopath sometimes. So what they did is they interviewed two, 367 adults and they took this dark triad questionnaire and they did find that a lot of these people did have the behaviors that suggested potentially being psychopaths and they were short people, more so than tall people. Um, so I'm looking up just psychopaths. Do you have to be like a sociopath that, that like goes around killing people? I, I don't, I don't think that you have to actually even act on it. I think you could have traits that suggest that you're a psychopath. Um, and these are people that are usually very, very charming. Um, they are very clever. They Mm -hmm. use, their powers of persuasion and manipulation to get people to do things that they want to do. Um, like, like, get, like get a jar of soup off the second shelf because they're too short to get the jar. Yeah, that, that's okay. That would, that would be something you could use your, your incredible charms to do. And <laughs> with women, it's a little bit different because women are not as, you know, they don't have the potential as much to be a psychopath as a, as a man does in this particular study. But they said that women will often manipulate and have some of these tendencies to try to get what they want from men. Uh, the I just looked up Dahmer, six feet tall. Ted Bundy was 5'10". Um, short people being charming or... Um, yeah, I'm trying to get the... I... I know I do know a couple of shorter people that are in I can't put them in particular categories. I guess they've uh I don't know. I I know that you've talked often about how you'll never date a short person, Sherry. Or you did once. You did once. I did once and it was like yeah. yeah, it was like kissing myself. Yeah, it was weird. But I mean he was very short. But um <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Wow. No, I mean, it's just the same height as... And it was like kissing yourself. Well, it's like the same height as me, right? So I didn't look up or anything. It was just like he was right there. Oh, I thought he was short and also invisible. No, face face to face. Like, I didn't... It was just weird. But remember, the the thing about this is that they all crave... The people that have these psychopathic tendencies often crave to be taller. So all of these tendencies are those that... You know they're trying to compensate for something. So right. if you're just short, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got these these problems. But if your yeah. desire is, I wish I were taller. Oh, I wish I was more powerful. I, I wish I was more uh, in control of things. You may develop some of these tendencies to overcompensate for your short stature. So the short guy you dated, every he says, I, I wish every time Sherry kissed me, she wouldn't say, Oh Sherry, Oh Sherry. <laughs> right. Like she's kissing right. us. Boy, we are off today. Is it me? 
Is it Andrew? Is it me? Jacob? Is it me or is it Sherry? Who's off? Are we just off as a team? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's 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 break. We'll go in the other room. We'll do like a trust exercise. Sherry throw herself off the table. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why don't I just take responsibility? So that way we don't have to do any of this. Okay, it's all my fault. Like it always is. So it's just it's everything. No. Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's not. my fault. See, no, I, just, no. Let's just do Get that. Get up on the, the, the table. Save time. Get up on the table.